This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 2nd, episode 2695, brought to you today by State Line Tech. Good morning, horse people. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. It is true. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, We are glad to be back today, although it's the next couple of days are going to be kind of weird. Jamie's heading off to North Dakota. That's right. That's right, baby. North Dakota Horse Expo. uh, And I'm going to be a clinician there. Wow, I'm so excited. So if you're in the North Dakota area... Uh, for all 10 of you that live there, please head over to see Jamie. She wants a crowd. There are more than 10 people that live in North Dakota, and it's in Minot, North Dakota. You can go to IndieHorseExpo.com uh, and find some more information. And it's probably very popular because there's not a lot else to do in North Dakota. Uh, apparently, my picture is on car magnets. I didn't make a billboard, <laughs> but I did make the car magnets. You're on car magnets? Are you going to get uh, one? I, I would, if I see one of those in the parking lot, you can bet your butt I'm stealing one. I mean, I would never do that. That would be weird. Who would do that? So this is very exciting. What are the dates? Uh, it goes on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Gladius, the show, is going to be there. So, I'm oh, sorry. So, yeah, 4th, 5th, and 6th. Gladys is going to be there in the evenings, and there's just a ton of different clinicians. So I will tell you that I did put out a challenge to have a trailer loading competition with non-loaders with the other trainers. Uh-huh. No takers. No takers? No Nobody takers. <laughs> no takers. Funny how that works. Well, I think it'll be fun, and we'll talk more about what you're going to be doing there later in the show. Also, I wanted to mention that Saturday, Jennifer and I head on the road for our test of the road show that we're going to be doing later in the summer. That We're going away for one week. If you're going to be in northern Georgia, Aiken, South Carolina, or Southern Pines and want to meet up with us, let us know. You can just drop me an email at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. And for the schedule of when we're going to be where, you can visit horseradionetwork.com. Click on the Roadshow banner at the top of the page. We have the complete schedule there. We're going to be, I know, doing Monday's uh, episode at Aiken Saddlery in Aiken. So you can come out at 11 o'clock. We have some people already said they're coming over uh, to be... and. You know what? I might get you on the air, too. So Aiken Saturday, 11 o'clock on Monday, and then we're going to be doing the show from Southern Pines on Wednesday morning next week. So uh, if you want to join us in Southern Pines, let me know. I'll give you the address, and you can come out and be part of the show there, too. This is so exciting. You guys get, no matter where you are in the country, aside from, I'll, you know what? I'll be in California in two weeks. So we'll, we'll cover the West Coast in two weeks uh, for the movement uh, 2021. But you can find that at MontyRoberts.com or the movement. Uh, but yeah, so I'll be in the middle part of the country. You'll be in the East Coast. We're going to cover the country. Glenn. We are. We're, awesome. we're, we're all traveling. It's exciting. And I, I thank you to everyone. 
everybody who reached out already. They apparently have carriage ride tours set up, and all, and we're going to a polo match and all kinds of stuff. So thank you to everybody, uh, especially Amy Hebert. No relation, by the way. Uh, she runs Aiken Salary, and she's been so kind about everything and getting everything set up. And we're we're looking forward to it. It's going to be I a lot of fun. I am super jelly of the shopping your wife's going to do. <laughs> Aiken Salary is apparently pretty nice, too. Yeah. Uh, Secretariat sculptor Jocelyn Russell is joining us. Uh, she ja- Jamie managed to get an interview with her when she hung out with her the other day, talking about Secretariat and her new life-size animals that she's doing. And our Black Rains guest is Erin Brown. She's known as the Concrete Cowgirl. She's going to tell us about the Philadelphia Urban Riding Academy and the USCF's new diversity program. Plus, Purina Horse Health segment, we learn when you need a chiropractor for your horse. So we have a lot coming up in today's show. Hang around for it all. And I do have just a couple of birthdays, and I wish I could find the birthday song. Sing happy birthday for me. Uh, no, here we go. Happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> so we got a happy birthday to Auditor's Lulu Clark and also to our friend Max Cochran. It's her birthday, too. Happy birthday, Max. And we want to welcome new auditors, Carl Marshall, Elizabeth Fry, Jen Vale, and Lisa upped her pledge. So thank you for doing that, too, Lisa. I got to say, I, before you go on, I got to say, uh, you said happy birthday to Lulu and our friend Max. Lulu's our friend, too. Oh, Glenn. sorry. <laughs> I was just del- I was delineating that Max was not an auditor. That's all. I was just okay. making it clear that Carry on. I was going from auditors to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Lulu. We like you. We like you. Well, we had a birthday party over the weekend for Lucas, and he turned eight years old. And to as an inclusive uh, person, we invited his whole class, and we invited a bunch of friends and friends with kids. And so there was a lot of people I knew there, and a lot of people that I didn't know. And we had it here at the farm. And so my daily when he goes out to all of the humans that are enlightened about anything, because we I had I had an experience, Glenn. <laughs> I had an experience. I was sitting in the, you know, I'm going around talking to everybody, meeting everybody, being a good host. And I see this guy and he's um, the dad of one of the children that is here. And he's very Oklahoma. I can say that now because I live here. He's very Oklahoma. And he, he's leaning back in his chair in my garage, you know, and he goes, Hey, what do you do out here with all these horses? And I said, well, I, I train horses. I start young horses or I, you know, take horses off the track and retrain them. And he goes, huh? Well, who does your breaking? And I said, uh, I, we don't break anything. We start horses. They have their first rider. We cause them to want to accept their first riders. And then we teach horses off the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But who does your breaking? <laughs> and I said, uh, well, again, we don't, I don't break things, but like, it's me out here that works here. And he goes, no, who's the man that does the breaking around here? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> who's the man that does the breaking around here? And I was like, I'm the one who trains all the horses here. I thought we were done. Apparently later on, he went up to Chad and was like, you the man lives here, right? 
So you do the break-in? And Chad's like, I don't I do not do anything with horses. He's like, but who does all the horses around here? My wife. Well, who does the break-in? <laughs> my, my wife does all of the... The breaking, I guess. <laughs> and it was just like not okay with him. There's not some man out here on the farm that's lassoing the horses, tying them down, oh. throwing a saddle on and riding them out. And like, the fact that you're like five foot two and this tiny little thing probably didn't help either. <laughs> and I'm old and I'm little. And you know what? I do all the breaking around here, okay? I'm the foreman. Oh my God, I'm... you just made my day. <laughs> oh God, I was like, I was losing my mind. And of course, like my farrier is here. She's a woman. My veterinarian was here. She's a woman. Two of my clients, which are both women. And I, I pulled him in the garage. I was like, see that guy over there with the beard? Y'all want, to, y'all want to know what he just said to me? And we were all like, what is happening? So my daily, when he goes out to all the enlightened humans in the world who can see <laughs> that a woman that is 5'2 and 43 is capable of doing something. That would not. I really don't know how you handle those men's horses, those man's horses there. I know all these men's horses up in here. I got (laughs) to throw a lariat, tie their leg up, throw them on the ground, and I do all that myself. You can't be the only female horse trainer in Oklahoma. My 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 vet goes, how did you not lose it? And I was like, oh, I kind of did. Because then I went on to talk about, uh, actually, I am a certified instructor to do all of these. And then I was like, why am I wasting why? my breath? Because it didn't matter because he still went up to Chad later and asked if he was the one that did the breaking. <laughs> Oklahoma, baby. Oklahoma. And with that story, we're going to end the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> But who does, I know you saying you train the horses, but who is the man out here that does all the breaking? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, and I answered his question like three times and he just wouldn't let it go. But okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. <laughs> but who's the man that does the breaking? It's like an SNL skit. <laughs> it is. It's like an equine SNL skit. Oh my God. So that was my, and then that set the tone for the whole birthday party. <laughs> because that's when mama started drinking. <laughs> did, uh, did he have a good birthday? He had a great birthday. He got lots of, you know, Lego sets and lots of things for mom to step on when they get buried in the carpet later on. He had, it was a Harry Potter. I got like a bounce house and, and everything. My, my dad, my, my brother was coming, which we knew, but I wasn't, I didn't tell Lucas that my dad was coming because sometimes he has health issues and he's canceled two trips already. And so we didn't tell him. So it was going to be a surprise. So I go out and, and here comes my older brother, Josh, and he walks up and he's like, you know, Lucas, we have a surprise for you. My dad gets out of the car and uh, they they uh, embrace and, and my older brother goes, Jamie, I've got a surprise for you. And my twin brother got out of the car. I had no idea he was coming. No idea he would ever come here. I'm pretty sure multiple times he said he's never going to Oklahoma ever. He doesn't (laughs) leave his neighborhood. And so it was a big surprise. And I may have cried a little bit because surprises don't happen to me. (laughs) I can't believe they kept it from you. Well, you know, what's funny is my mom had called like an hour before and she's like, did the boys make it yet? Oh, (laughs) and I was like, no, mama, only Josh and and my dad and dad are coming. Oh, 
Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's right. Just, just Josh. And I was like, I didn't even think, but I wouldn't have think thought twice about it because my twin brother, it doesn't do things like that. So, um, he's not sweet. He's not thoughtful. He's not emotional. <laughs> like he doesn't travel, but he actually came in. He was like the best darn uncle. And to continue the theme of age inappropriate gifts that he buys my son, my son now has a motorcycle. What? He's what? eight years old. He bought him like a 50 CC motorcycle. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, he's also the one who bought Lucas a cell phone at two. well we have you before before the birthday party you got to meet up with an old friend you want to introduce this uh this interview you did with yes jocelyn russell is the one who made this secretariat sculpture and i saw on facebook actually a listener shared that she's making it in norman oklahoma and i was like no that's not a thing people don't do cool things like that in Oklahoma. And it turns out there's a foundry called the crucible in Norman. And that is where a lot of these sculptures go to be made. Um, so she was there and I went and got to meet up with her and we kind of hit it off, became friends. She came out and watched me ride a little bit. She's been really cool. Well, she was back in town doing some wolves. And so I wanted to catch up with her on the secretary sculpture and what she's got going on. So here's a quick, uh, sit down with Jocelyn in a car. In a parking lot. I'm sitting here with Jocelyn Russell, the artist extraordinaire who did the Secretariat Monument. And last time we talked, well, aside from me consulting on Secretariat's, what do you call it? Junk. It's junk. (laughs) (laughs) Aside from that, last time you were here, he was getting on the trailer and you guys were making a road trip to Lexington, Kentucky. Tell us how that went. Oh my God. It was so much fun. Um, we had media station all along our path, uh, 700 miles, I think. And, um, we made it in two days and we just had a blast. People were honking and they'd pass us and thumbs up and everybody was taking photos. I was really worried we were going to cause a wreck on the interstate, but we did have one news crew here that, uh, covered us by helicopter as we were leaving Oklahoma City. Wow. And he called me on the phone. He says, you see that chopper over your right shoulder? That's us. I'm like, oh, my God. So here we are. And they've got video of us going down the interstate. And Secretariat is going 70 miles an hour. Yeah. And and I laughed. I told people, I'm, I'm afraid that he's going to try to pass us when we get to the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. He'd have been way out in front already. You're fine. Oh, uh, oh, my gosh. It was such an amazing thing because for those who don't know, if you didn't see the pictures, because I, I got tagged in a billion of them as they were being shared, um, he was out and 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 tell everybody how big this monument is if they haven't seen it so he's life and a half uh with ronnie astride and so i think the top of ronnie's um helmet was maybe 11 and a half feet uh and then another two feet on the trailer so we were we were pushing our maximum height for interstate travel with, within just a couple inches and tell ronnie to duck when you go under yeah. our passes <laughs> so he's huge and he was not covered up in a trailer he was just on top of an open air trailer so as you're driving down the freeway secretariat passes you on the inside then <laughs> that's what's going to happen yeah he was strapped upright going face first and uh it it really was a sight to see. I took lots of video of him just, you know, through the truck window. I'd crawl in the back seat and take video of him behind us. It was just, it was hilarious. 
So he got there. The monument is installed, and all of you can see it. Tell everybody where to go to see it. So it's at the intersection of Old Frankfurt Pike and Alexandra Drive in Lexington. And we do have a second one. This is news to you. Second Ooh. one has been cast as uh, in metal in pieces. We had two um, in the addition. And the foundry is just going to start putting number two together for us. And we'll probably, we hope to find a home for that within the next year or two. And we're going to. I know a great there. place that you could put that. Okay. It's well. on, uh, right down the road from here. <laughs> Your house. <laughs> Called Flyover Farm. <laughs> We'd be more than happy to find a home for it. So I'll put the bug in everyone's ear as a 10% commission on anybody that finds me a buyer for monument number two. And price tag on them right now is 550000 you know what? I think we get all the listeners. We could go in together and buy them. And then we get a discount, which practically means it's free. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're here in Norman, Oklahoma, working again on wolves. I just got to see a mama and daddy wolf with their three little wolf cubs. And you're also going to be doing a giraffe. Where are these going to go live? So the wolves go to Cedric Zoo in Wichita, Kansas, and we'll deliver and install those on the 1st of June, which is coming up in a few days. And then the giraffes will go to uh, Pottawatomie Zoo in Big uh, South Bend, Indiana. Um, but that's a an April 2022 project. I've already got the maquette uh, completed and nearly approved. I got one more step to go on that, and then I'll start the enlargement process. And so the, the cow giraffe will be uh, 16 feet to the top of the head, and she's got a baby kind of standing under her belly that'll be seven foot tall. So it'll be a big project. That sounds like a big project. I'm sure the guys here are very excited about it. They are. So far, they say they, <laughs> nobody's done a giraffe at this zoo yet. Or not, the, the, foundry. the foundry. So so they're really excited about And I haven't done a, a big one either, not a full body giraffe. So this will be really exciting. That's fantastic. Well, Jocelyn, where can everybody go find your work? I do have a website that's not been updated because I've been playing with farm animals. Oh my gosh, you have a puppy and dogs. I don't know what happened. Did I do this to you last time you were here? I think it was your fault. Yeah, we did a, a pandemic farm and got goats and ducks and geese and chickens and now an Australian Shepherd puppy that we dearly love. So I have not updated my website. Facebook I, works just fine. Yes, Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. You can go to my secretariat page, just Jocelyn Russell, Secretariat 2019. And I have an art page and then I have a personal page. But the, the art page is the best place to get updates on the artwork. And then my website is JocelynRussell.com. And I took some pictures of all the wolves, so I'll be posting those so you guys can see them. Jocelyn, thank you for calling. Thanks for the pizza. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you showed up. I'm sorry I didn't tell you I was coming to town because we just didn't know if we were going to get here. So here we are. The wolves are done. We're on schedule. Call Jamie. Yay! (laughs) All right. Thanks, girl. Well, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Stateline Tech. Go to statelinetech.com. And right there on the homepage, you're going to see that the spring line of clothing is here. I'm just taking a look now. There are 10 pages of brand new spring clothing. Whether you're looking for English or Western or you're looking for something that's just a little bit of both, they have it all from horseware clothing to Ariat clothing. Uh, they also have carrots clothing, brand new lines that are in for the spring. Usually I get to see all of those at Ada, but they didn't have Ada, so I didn't get to see them all. 
this time. But uh, they also have some men's stuff. They have men's shirts. They have mostly ladies, though, from polo shirts to cool tech riding shirts. You know, I remember a couple of years ago when they finally started getting into technical shirts, uh, cooler technical shirts. I think it was... It was Carrots who did that first that I remember, and now everybody has the, the technical shirts, and that's all we wear here in Florida in the summertime. That's all I wear here in Oklahoma in the uh, summer. Yeah, now th- th- so mostly most of it's t-shirts and shirts, and they do have some half chaps, some new half chaps that are in, and they're only like $36 from Ovation. So go on over to statelinetac.com right now, click on the spring Banner at right at the top of the page, and it'll take you over there to find all of the spring clothes that have now I come do out need for twenty twenty one clothes. Because I will tell you that once I got the jeans that are made with the cell phone pocket in it, now all the riding pants are made with the cell phone mm. pocket and the thigh. I can't. I have to throw away all my old breeches. I just can't. <laughs> Jennifer's just, the same it, way. She just bought new breeches with cell phone pockets. Yeah, it will change your life. If your breeches do not have cell phone pockets in them, get them. They go right on the thigh. I really think that Desiree uh, with Smooth Stride invented the cell phone pocket on the thigh, the Smooth Stride riding jeans. But oh my gosh, it, is it, I, have to, I have to start over. I have to start over. You know, and I think, oh, I discovered that because of the whole pandemic thing. I realized the other day I haven't bought new clothes in like a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't yeah, gone shopping. <laughs> so, you know, when you don't go shopping. And you know what? I really didn't miss them. So I guess we spend a lot of money we don't really need to. We're yeah. not. No, you need every bit of it, you guys. <laughs> StatelineTech.com. Well, now coming up to the Olympics, we're going to be doing some Olympic news every day. Yes, we're less than two months away from the Olympics now, and Olympic news is coming out fast and furious. And I just have some quick hits for you today. For the first time, a team of three Thai athletes are going to the Olympics in eventing. So this. This is the first time that uh, a team from Thailand is going, and for any equestrian sport, I would love to tell you their names, but they all apparently have nicknames that we can pronounce. Uh, It's Mint, Bomb, and Nat. They're the three that are going, and their real names are names that, forget it, I'm not even sure. Aranadpa, Weirapat, and Pidekanoda, Kananda, Pidekananda. You might have gotten close with that. Did oh, you hear about Ingrid? Corn to watch. <laughs> Did you hear about the sad news over from Germany with Ingrid Klimke? No. Oh, she sustained a serious chest injury after a fall in Poland in cross country. And of course, Ingrid has been to the Olympics many, many, many times. This would have been her sixth Olympics. She had already qualified in eventing and dressage. So how heartbreaking is that? She was doing a CCI three-star. She uh, fell in cross-country. Apparently, she had to have surgery. I don't. We don't have an update yet, but she had a serious chest injury, and she had to have surgery. Um, so the, eventing, the German eventing team went on to win the championship without Ingrid at, over there at the European Eventing Championships. But uh, so, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's uh, going to be interesting to see what happens with with her spot, but uh, yeah, our best to her, and it's going to be the first time in a very very long time that she hasn't been there. Uh, also heading over to India, so the first Indian to qualify for the Olympic Games in equestrian in twenty years. His name is Fuad Mirza, and he is going to be also competing in eventing, and he's the first one in twenty years from India. 
And finally, one rider that is destined to make her team, and that is Danielle Goldstein-Waldman. Do you know why everybody might know that name? I don't. She rides for Israel, and she is well-known for having the feather extensions in her hair. Do you remember the World Equestrian Games or all the pictures of the girl who had the feather extensions that come down to her butt? She's yes. very colorful. Very yes. colorful. Well, she now lives in the Netherlands, about an hour southeast of Amsterdam, and she's almost guaranteed a spot on the Israeli team. She lives with her husband, Alan Waldman, and, okay, Jamie, are you, re- are you sitting down? Uh-huh. They own Waldman horses, 600 equines, and they breed about 100 a year. In the Netherlands, <laughs> 600 horses has yeah. to cost a billion dollars a year <laughs> to, to feed. It has to feel a lot. Uh, by the way, the feather extensions in her hair, by the way, if you just look up Danielle feather extensions, it'll come up a million pictures of her. She changes them out every three months, and she actually dye, hand dyes them herself, because if you're go- you'll notice, if you, once you look at all the pictures of her, that she changes a color, she has a color theme each three months. Uh, well, how does she put those under her helmet? Like, is she a she, show jumper? Oh, she's a show jumper. She does show jumper, so they come out the back of her helmet and they flop around and it's very fun to watch because I got to watch her at WAG. Uh, the feathers are from 10 different breeds including guinea fowl, roosters, and ostriches and uh, she said they're sustainably sourced which means they don't kill the birds. They just pluck them I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, she gets them sewn in by her hairdresser and uh, she did say this is a quote that they are super annoying <laughs> but it's her thing. So it became her thing. So now she keeps doing it. Now I want to I want to picture this. You're you're her husband and you're lying in bed and you have feathers in your face the entire time. Oh man, that would drive me crazy. <laughs> I mean, one feather tickling your nose, but there's like a hundred in there. I don't know how that happens. I I guess they don't come out, they're they're extensions, so you sleep with them. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too hard about this, but uh, yeah, she might. That's annoying. Like that's super annoying. You know what? (laughs) When my ponytail gets too heavy, like but the top of my head hurts. I wonder if her top of her head hurts all the time. I don't know, but she said it is annoying. It would have to poke you, wouldn't it? Don't they have little stems at the end of? Feathers? I, I don't know. I It's really beautiful and really unique and really cool and really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> she keeps doing it, though. Every three months, she keeps doing it. So good for her, and she probably will make the team, and you're going to get to watch her colorful feathers in the Olympics. And that'll add some color to it, I think, in an otherwise kind of boring colored sport. And she also does not dress. She does not wear the typical show jumper outfits either and she's taken a lot of criticism for not wearing typical show jumper outfits uh but she has her own style and she said i don't care what anybody says i'm gonna jump the jumps in whatever i want to wear so there and that's why she doesn't do hunters (laughs) so uh look for danny that's her name that's what everybody calls her danny and that's the end of my olympic update for today Now we're going to head to the Horse Health Report, and that's brought to you by Purina Omega Match. Dr. Carrie DeLue graduated with honors from Cornell University and went on to get her veterinary degree at UC Davis. Well, hi, Dr. DeLue, and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about your background and and where you are now and, and what you're doing now. I am currently in the San Francisco Bay Area, and my practice focuses fairly specifically on chiropractic and acupuncture 
and herbal medicine for horses. So, yeah, on a day-to-day basis, I am treating a lot of athletes and a lot of just pets. You know, it ranges from Olympic competitors to the backyard horse. You know, they all sort of have a need in a variable way for what I do. Cool. Well, that's so cool. All right. So what are we going to talk about for our first tip? One of the first things I wanted to talk about was a lot of people call me and they know there's something going on with their horse. They're fairly unsure exactly what it is or why it's happening. And they don't know if a chiropractic appointment would be a good place to start. So here are a few things that might give people an idea if having me or someone that does something similar um, look at their horse. Okay. A first one would be any sort of lameness problem because horses, as most of us know, are amazingly good at compensating. You know, it takes three hurt legs to make them limp on one. They just, they do a really good job um, kind of keeping themselves safe and uh, moving soundly even if they hurt. So any lameness issue would cause them to do a lot of compensation in the rest of their body. So okay. that would be a, a, a big red flag. But most people don't have lame horses. or They would have already had the regular vet out and had them looked at. Um, the less obvious thing would be asymmetry, which would be the horse moving differently one direction to another. Mo- like most people are right-handed. Right. Most horses are actually left-handed. Oh, I didn't know that. And with training, often they get more even, you know, they'll pick up the right lead when you're going to the right, the left lead when you're going to the left. But if you start to notice that your horse is having more trouble with one lead than the other, something could easily be out of alignment. The pelvis would be kind of a big one that would contribute to them not wanting to pick up a certain lead. So how do you know, okay, so we'll keep going and then I'll ask that. Um, so things that are just looking at your horse that might help you know it's asymmetrical would be like if it has two different size front feet, a kind of a smaller upright foot and then a bigger, flatter front foot because it's probably putting a lot more weight on the bigger, flatter foot. Okay. You, and with more horses, it's the less front that's the bigger, flatter foot. So less lead, less front's bigger, it's taking more weight. So we know that there's a lot of areas in the body that probably aren't as even as they should be. Okay. How do you know when... Okay, so I'm coming back to how do you know when to call a chiropractor and not the veterinarian, or do you always call the veterinarian? What, what, do, you, what do you do there? Well, you know, I, I am a veterinarian. Right, so right, right. It depends on the client. Um, but, you know, if, the, if there's a really obvious head bob and one leg is clearly hurt, it could be something like an abscess, which I certainly wouldn't tell someone, oh, I'll adjust your horse's lower neck and they'll be sound right. because there's something in the foot that's much more painful than just the neck being a little bit stuck. So with most chiropractic problems, it's not they're fine one day and then the next day they're really lame. It's a more gradual um, kind of problem that develops based on which muscles they're using and which ones they're not using. And they kind of get uneven, just like we get uneven because we all have a hand that is more dominant. Now, do you get most of this sort of follows up that question? Do you get most of your new clients from referrals? Is that how they come to you? And and do you actually have veterinarians that will refer you? You know, uh, just regular vets? Yeah, I would say it's about 50-50. There'll be regular vets that 
will send referrals. Um, usually it's back pain because there aren't that many ways that were taught in vet school to address back pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and chiropractic is a really well-recognized way to help improve the comfort in the joints of the back. So I would say that half my referrals are from vets that notice back pain in horses. And then the other half would be clients noticing themselves that their horse is flinchy, or I'm going to talk about some more changes in behavior that, you know, they might have noticed that they called about or a massage therapist that feels the horse is really tight in a certain area and they can't seem to get that freed up and think chiropractic work may help. You know, I was just going to ask you how you feel about the whole, uh, you know, massage, uh, the massage practice out there, um, how you feel about that. But I think you just answered that in a way. Um, you, you obviously feel it's a, it's a good idea. Um, the massage yeah, therapist is what I'm asking about. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they do a great job. And one of the small issues is every state has different rules in massage therapy. Right. Some need to be supervised by a veterinarian. Some have to have a certain number of hours. Some have to be certified in people first. So you kind of run into problems where I wouldn't just trust any massage therapist with my client source. You know, I really need to know their background and um, and establish a trusting relationship because you can do damage if you're not uh, appropriately trained. Well, yeah, yes, right. uh, for people and horses. Um. Exactly. <laughs> now you also do dogs as well. I see. I do. I yeah. do dogs as well. well a couple kinda... days a week. It is. It's. It's fun. It's just really exciting to see the change. I mean, most animals are scared of the vet just because they've been poked and prodded, and. Um, you kind of get to establish this new relationship of they leave feeling better than when they arrived and so they th- like you. And so, that's part of why I love what I do. Oh, right. Exactly. Like They're me. always happy. <laughs> the horses, sometimes you can tell and sometimes you can't, but uh, the dogs are always happy. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so um, I think our tip then is basically, you know, don't overlook the chiropractor when, uh, and I think that is something that, that, that a lot of people, they probably have chiropractic treatments themselves and overlook it for their horse. Um, exactly. And a lot of them will have their horse done before they even consider it for themselves. Well, that is, is true. That's <laughs> that's more the case, I think. Uh, being a horse husband, I, I would have totally agree with that. <laughs> so, um, all right, great. So where can people find out more about you? Um, I have a website. It's www.equineholisticvetmed.com. If your horses can't get out on green grass for their daily dose of omegas, Purina has got you covered. The Purina team of PhD equine nutritionists have two new products that are rich in omega-3 fatty acids and taste better than many sources. Looking at you, fish oil. Try the new Purina Omega Match Timothy-based ration balancer of flower oil supplement and see for yourself why these are among some of the best omegas that nature offers. It takes science and love together, each pulling their weight to help your horses live their best lives. So put their research to the test at PurinaMills.com slash Omega Match.
Well, I got a training question from a listener uh, in my email named Christina, and Christina has a question um, that is fairly simple to answer. So I'm going to give I'm going to give you the, the the email here. She said, "I have a 13 year old paint mare that she's had for five years, very dominant and very aggressive at feeded feeding time. She's boarded at a barn with 30 plus horses. She does not get turned out with others because she'll run them into a corner and try to beat the crap out of them." She said, "She's fine being in a pasture or stall next to another horse." Just not together, but feeding time is a whole other ball game. The horses are fed at the same time in their stalls. Every feeding time, a mare will kick, kick, kick her stall and try to go through the bars to get at the horse in the stall next to her. This behavior has been consistent no matter who her neighbor is. This also isn't waiting for food because it happens once she has her grain in her feeder. Today, we covered the bars with plywood so she can't see the other horse, uh, but it didn't work for her. She's still kicking the crap out of the stall wall. Do you have any advice? There isn't anywhere else to feed her, and I'm conserved she's going to kick through the barn wall. Let me tell you what. She will. I had a mare do this and kick the stall wall so hard she fractured her coffin bone, which then she had to stand in the stall for a year. So it's just something that needs to be addressed. And it's an easy uh, fix because it is in Monty's book, From My Hands to Yours. They're called Kicking Rings. And... I could probably get my farrier to make some. If you can't get your farrier to make some, I could probably sell you some. Um, but their rings, they go, it's just like a bracelet that in your horse's situation would go uh, around the pasterns of the back leg. You kind of slide it on on the um, uh, cannon bone and slide it down and it just sits around their pasterns like a metal ring and you kind of tie it on. And so it's not it's, like a hobbles. They're not connected to the other no, foot. No, it just, just sits there. Uh, just a ring. It's just a, like a, putting a bracelet on your arm. But man, I'll tell you what, when they go to kick that heavy metal ring, whacks them in the coronary band and it stops them from kicking. And it's a very good self-teacher. I mean, with this mare that I had, I was young and we used to stand outside the stall and like underneath the stall door with a whip. And every time she kicked, you whip her. Nothing works. Nothing works. The horses have to self-teach. They have to understand that there's consequences for actions. You put these kicking rings on and they just, they're, they just stand there. I've used them for horses. Like when Groot would strike in the trailer, I put the kicking rings on his front legs and he didn't paw. He pawed once. (laughs) He's like, okay, yeah, we're good. Done. That doesn't have to happen. Put these kicking rings on them and they're not like chains where they can step on them and like come off there, you know, fall over or something like that. They're just kicking rings. And the the funny thing is the, the metal that they're made out of, actually promotes hoof growth. So <laughs> the, the more they do it, the more they go, Oh, it actually helps their feet. Um, but try those out. You can get the recipe for them. And from my hands to yours, your farrier can make them. Or if you're having a problem with uh, finding it, my farrier will make them for 50 bucks and it's shipping is like $7. So $57, I can get my farrier to make them for you. So at any rate, Kicking rings, kicking rings, kicking rings. They will change your life. Another thing that has also worked, and Monty told me about it because my stalls in Arizona were just mare motels, is draping a tarp over them because they don't like to kick things that have give to them or hanging a carpet down or something like that. But in your situation, it seems like the kicking rings will do the job because, again, they... The thing about training horses is as everything has to be, you think of the word picnic, positive instant consequences, negative instant consequences. So she kicks and instantly, instant is the key word, instantly 
gives them a, a negative consequence. So, and then you don't have to do anything and it doesn't hurt them, but it's a heck of a lot better than standing there with a whip or standing there and letting your horse fracture its coffin bone. So there you go. There's your training tip, Christina. In just a second, we're going to have some weird news. I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people submit weird news stories. Some of them the same, some of them we've already done, but some of them are really, really good. And so we're going to cover that in just a second. But first, Erin Brown is our Black Reigns guest of the month. She's known as the Concrete Cowgirl, began a riding career at Fletcher Street Stables, and has competed on the Mid-Atlantic Circuit for nearly 30 years years in both hunt seat and stock seat. She is an active representative on the USEF diversity, equity, and inclusion external thought leaders group and contributed to the development of the USEF DEI action plan. And for the last seven years, she has worked for the police department's mounted unit in Philadelphia. Well, hi, Erin. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Good morning. So I have to ask you about two things today. I want to learn a little bit about the Philadelphia Urban Riding Academy, but also want to hear about your work on the USEF Committee, Committee for Diversity. Well, let's start with the Philadelphia Urban Riding Academy. What is that? Okay, Philadelphia Urban Riding Academy. It is an extension and outgrowth to the original Fletcher Street Stables. Um, so Fletcher Street has not ever been like an actual organization since the late and or now defunct Strawberry Mansion Equestrian Center, which I grew up under. Um, and Fletcher Street has also been a melting pot for stables, all backyard stables all over the city who have been moved out of their homes due to redevelopment. So, uh, a friend of ours, uh, one of the cowboys who was a part of the melting pot at Fletcher Street Stables, the, uh, I want to say the late Eric Miller, um, he was killed maybe a month before filming Concrete Cowboy, and he and the filmmakers and a few of the other writers had this vision for Philadelphia Urban Riding Academy to have for the riders of Fletcher Street that don't belong to anything. And um, basically like an umbrella organization and that can't be, you know, taken away from us uh, due to redevelopment or gentrification. Because like along with myself, everyone that's, I want to say that's on Fletcher Street right now, maybe are only four or five of them are originally from Fletcher Street, and I'm taking it back to 1990 when I first started riding there. So I remember each and every person in stable that was shut down and how those people ended up on Fletcher Street. Same thing with Eric Miller. He was not from Fletcher Street, but that is where, you know, it, become, it became like this home um, for, again, for all of the other riders in the city that have and moved out to redevelopment. So here we are with Philadelphia Urban Riding Academy, or Pura rather, um, to not only protect that, but to continue doing what these backyard stables have done for hundreds of years, which is fostering the love of horses, teaching kids in the, the community about horsemanship, and 
it's a, a, a builder for your self-esteem and for young people. It keeps them out of trouble. And we need more of that brought back to the city of Philadelphia. Well, look, and it works because it worked for you. Would you ever have done horses if they hadn't been in your backyard there, if you haven't been able to get to it in the city? Um, it was quite a drive for my mom to take me to Fletcher Street when I was there because we lived on the other side of the city. But I can definitely attest to how it's helped with horses, has helped with my development and my social skills and um, just my growing up period because, you know, a lot of children and kids, they follow after, you know, peer pressure and stuff like that. So if I wanted to look at it from that uh, way of things, a lot of my closest friends that I went to high school with, you know, are no longer here today because of drug overdoses. So I'm thinking, like, if I were not at the stable every day and competing on the weekends, would that have been me? Because what else would I have been doing recreation-wise but hanging out with my buddies and probably doing what they were doing? Mm -hmm. And I saw it with my peers, you know, from Fletcher Street. And I myself have wandered off and thought I was grown (laughs) and started to get into, like, probably some stuff I had no business doing. But I was, you know, roped back into Fletcher Street uh, at 17. So one of the guys who, excuse me, had the now defunct Strawberry Mansion Equestrian Center, his name is Albert Lynch, and he and Wayne Harris are responsible for who I am today. So they made sure once they knew I was headed down the wrong road, they brought me back to the stable, and I've been back since then, and that's early 2000s, <laughs> or junior year high school, yeah, early 2000s. Well, and we had the author of the book that the movie was based on. What did you think of the movie? What, were you, what, were, what was your opinion of the movie? Well, for the movie, I, um, a friend, of the movie, they got the idea from the book, Um so the filmmakers who are also on our executive board at Pura, they got a lot of their story and they spent quite some time on Fletcher street uh, with Eric Miller and a few of the other uh, horsemen to gather this story. So it's not like, you know, like they read this book and they're like, Hey, let's make a movie. It was like a period of four years of just like, learning and bonding and building friendships and that kind of stuff. So the movie, I, I, it's, it's well done. I saw it a hundred times. I was there every day (laughs) on set. Um, I was a, a consultant for the film and I was also a stunt double for Lorraine Toussaint and I was in an extra. (laughs) So the movie, I think it's not focused on one particular group or stable. This is that movie replicates the history of the urban black cowboy in Philadelphia from all of the stables. They're always this, if not father, son, mentor, student 
um, kind of thing happening. So the, the film relates to so many of us. So in you, that sense. So you got to, you got to be a stunt double. Did you ever imagine you'd be a stunt double in your life? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Did you have any fall-off scenes where you went off the horse off the uh, off a balcony or anything like that? No, no, okay. no, no, no. I would have defined it over to someone else. No, I, I have to. I have to jump in here because as a woman watching that, did you get to spend some time with Idris Elba? I mean, come on. <laughs> I knew that question was coming. That is like every <laughs> woman's question, and I understand <laughs> it. Um, yes, from day one to his last day filming, um, I, you know, was close by. Uh, he's very friendly and down to earth. It was like, you know, you're starstruck for the first five minutes that these days, uh, <laughs> months, celebrities walk on. <laughs> yes, that too, that they walk on set, and you're like, oh my god, you just, I would just said hi to me. You just, I would just shook my hand. Oh my god! <laughs> and then after that, they just like dealt with us as like we were. What they didn't treat us any different. They differently. They were very. Uh, social friendly they had lunch with us as a matter of fact my trailer was across from method man's and i think next to idris's as well or across Uh, from it any 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 entertaining funny stories like to me if i'm around a celebrity i notoriously do something really stupid but i mean you sound a little more put together than me so (laughs) any great stories or something you can tattle on a friend um, well, I do remember, uh, Idris was, you know, saying, are you going to teach me how to ride a horse? Cause they, uh, one of the filmmakers like, you know, this is Aaron, the concrete cowgirl and, uh, introduced me to him that way. And he said, can you teach me how to ride a horse? I said, I can, if you introduce me to the spice girls and he said, the spice girls. I said, yes, the Spice Girls. He said, that's what you want? I'm like, I have been the biggest one in elementary (laughs) and middle school. I was the biggest Spice Girl fan. And I still do like them. (laughs) Oh, my God. Regularly. That is what you ask Idris Elba is, I will teach you to ride horses. Does he know the Spice Girls? Or are you just thinking like blanket celebrity world? I was just thinking like blanket celebrity world. Your inner sixteen-year-old so, came out. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. That's awesome. That's that does great. sound like something Jamie would do with a yeah. celebrity. <laughs> okay, you're cool, but like, can you seriously introduce me to like ginger spice? That's like scary is my favorite. Right. 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 Like that. That's yeah. funny. Any well, any any help? Did, number one, did you teach him to ride? Uh, number two, did you meet the Spice Girls? I did not meet the Spice Girls, and I did not teach him how to ride. He had a stunt double, so he didn't do too much riding. It was more so... Come on, get on the dang horse. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, a lot of them didn't do too much riding, so... That's great. Um, It's great that you had that... all had stunt doubles. It's great that you had that experience, though. That is really cool. really cool. It's really cool. All right. Let's 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 then fast forward to something else you never dreamed you'd be part of when you started out as a kid riding horses in the inner city, and that's part of a committee 
that is a part of the USEF. And the USEF started this diversity, equity, and inclusion external thought leaders group, which they couldn't have made that title any longer. Um, and you, got, <laughs> you guys are putting together an action plan for diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion. It's called the USEF DEI Action Plan. Uh, is there anything you can tell us about that? How far along are you? What are you hoping to accomplish? I know you can't talk about a lot of it, but can you tell us something? Um, I can tell you that uh, USEF is uh, very serious and, uh, you know, ready to beat the pavement to put this into um, diversity and inclusion into action, but along with anything great, it just doesn't happen. So it's like a well thought through process and several conversations amongst the team of what works and everyone's opinion, but they are, you know, diversity and inclusion is, you know, something that is definitely needed in the horse industry in the world period, but especially in the horse industry it is long overdue. So there are different um, guidelines or action plans that will be set forward for, you know, if it's, you know, scholarships and stuff like that. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) it's still like, Certain things are taking are starting to take place. We actually have a meeting next week, I believe. So, so will we I'll see know some more? Where we? I was going to say we're going to see something. Some stuff. Okay. Yeah, some stuff, but it's it's really long term that um, you know. I know everyone is demanding now, 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 right now, but it's you can't. It's not moving that way, and it's you can't really do it that way either. <laughs> Not if you're going to do it right, right? I mean, that's right. that's the other thing. And, you know, USCF is like a government, and as we all know, things with the government take time, and, and there, are, there are a lot of people involved. I mainly wanted to know, in your opinion, and it sounds like the answer is yes, in your opinion, are they really serious about making something happen here? They are. They, they really are. It's a great uh, team of... People, I was about to say women, but it's there are quite a few men on the team too. So it's a great uh, team, and I don't think they could have picked a better team to get this done. They are very serious and uh, about all of this. Well, good. <laughs> so it's happening. It's just the process. <laughs> yeah, I get that. And I'm glad. I'm glad to hear you say that because I hadn't really talked to anybody that was on the team yet about what the hell they felt about it. So that's good. And I hope we see something come out in 2021. You know, we'll start to see some things come out and that, that we can, we can make some strides here. Yes. Yes, definitely. You'll see some bits and pieces 2021 and then a lot more 2022 and further forward. Well, good. Well, we're glad you're on the committee. And we also want to thank uh, Black Rains Magazine. You can head over to Black Rains Magazine. Just Google it on, on uh, just do that. Just Google it. You'll find it. And they are the ones that help get these interviews set up once a month. And we love those guys over there. They do a great job. And if you want to, just head on over there today. Check that out. Where can people find you? Okay. So if you want to find me on Instagram, uh, I am the Concrete Cowgirl on Instagram, 
Also, we are Philadelphia Urban Riding Academy on Instagram, one word, and Facebook, Philadelphia Urban Riding Academy as well. And our website is uh, the Pura, P is in Paul, U-R-A dot org. Very good. Thank you, Aaron, for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Let us know when you meet the Spice Girls, okay? Let me know. <laughs> I certainly will. Tell Posh I said hi. Yeah, right? I sure will. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> All right, talk to them. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> well, there you go. Did you ever in your travels meet the Spice Girls uh, while you were no. in Atlanta? No. No, they were kind of done by the time I hit the stride in my radio career. career. Oh, okay. <laughs> this, but I can sure. So tell me what you want. What you really this episode is also brought to you by our friends at Equiderma. Equiderma wound ointment is a must have in your medicine cabinet. It visibly amplifies wound healing. You notice how I talked right over you there. Stops proud flesh from developing, minimizes scarring, reduces pain, and keeps flies out of wounds. You will find that with consistent use, you'll see a noticeable progression of steady healing every day. Plus, it's a great treatment for skin rashes and sores. You can find all of Equiderma products at Equiderma.com, including their terrific fly spray, which everybody loves. So Equiderma.com. And now it's time for some weird news. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. So I have had a lot of help. Oh, I almost said, so tell me what you want, what you really, I almost said that again. Uh, so I you were waiting for that line. <laughs> God, it's such a good song. Uh, Rochelle, Eileen, JoLynn, Mary, Laureen, Sarah, Isabeau, and Nikki all sent me weird news. Some of them sent me the same ones. Some of them sent me ones I've done. I am going to recover uh, one of them because it was worth it. Um, and then I would also like to thank all of the listeners that have been messaging me. Remember, I ask non-auditors. I want to hear from you. I want to get to know you. I want to see pictures of your horses. I want to see you. And so far, I've had awesome messages from Megan, Tessa, Aaron, Isabeau, Anna and Christina, who asked the uh, question, the training question earlier. So I do love hearing from all of you. Thank you for sending me pictures of your horses and getting to know you. It's very, very fun. Uh, so if you're not an auditor or you are, and I, I haven't ever spoken to you, I want to hear from you. Send me an email, jamie at horseradionetwork.com. Uh, also, you can also use that same address if you are looking through the news and you're like, wow, that's super weird. That's what I want to hear. And email it to jamie at horseradionetwork.com. And in the subject line, just put weird news. You can post all you want on it, but just put the link in there and that'll be enough. Uh, let's see. I did cover this one, but I thought it was worthwhile because this thing has gone crazy. So this is from an Australian paper and actually New Zealand, but it was a story that happened in Poland and we covered it, but just real quick, in case you have forgotten, uh, there was a woman that called the, uh, crack house society for the protection of animals in Poland and said, there's an animal that's been stuck in the tree for two days. People in the neighborhood would not open their windows or go outside. Everybody was super afraid of this like random animal that was in a tree. It was kind of really big and nobody could tell what it is. It's kind of up high. Uh, the inspectors come and uh, it's, 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 a, it's a croissant. <laughs> Somebody threw a croissant in a tree and the neighborhood went on lockdown because they couldn't tell what it was and nobody made a close enough look. 
somebody needs some with the society for abusive croissants were they involved yes. yeah. FSPTC <laughs> or something I don't know uh, next one the Susquehanna River Glen is near where you used yeah, to live right? yeah. yeah that's right it goes right through Harrisburg Okay, that's Pennsylvania. Yep. Well, it was an emergency over the weekend on Friday. Police were called and everything because there was, and again, it's fairly cold up there, and I would imagine the water's not super warm either. Um, there was an alligator in the Susquehanna River. Really? Yes. An alligator swimming around. People freaked out. And uh, they said, don't you go out in that water on your boat with a gun. Nobody shoots this alligator because he has owners. It is Pennsylvania. Right. There's a lot of hunters in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Apparently yeah. it was a big thing. Like, people were, like, lining up with their guns. Well, here's the thing. His name is Oscar. And he was uh, he is a pet. Apparently it's legal to have alligators in Pennsylvania. You can't have many other things. But Why? <laughs> I, I do not know. Um, Oscar was on the loose, and uh, he's always been relatively tame. So the owners are like, we can get him. So what do they do? They go over to Sue's Food Market, and they bought some fresh meat to use up as bait. And they tied it to a string, and they threw it on the river. <laughs> they were fishing get, for alligators. <laughs> yes, and they're trying to get Oscar to, like, come on in. Um, at this point, Pennsylvania game wardens have been notified and now there's all these people out there. And uh, Oscar was like, no, I don't like food from Sue's food market. Uh, so <laughs> Too many preservatives was, in that meat. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just not the best cut. Um, you can't have pigs in Wrightsville. Apparently, Could you throw me too. a live duck, please? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give me, an, give me something for real. Um, so they were able to, the owners, it says the owners were able to catch him. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what they did. Here, kitty, kitty, come on up here. Come here, buddy. Come on. That's a good boy. That's a good Who's a good boy? Load him up. Get in the car. <laughs> like, well, I don't know how they got him, but apparently uh, there was a herpetologist on scene, a reptile sanctuary, um, somebody named Joy, who's the owner of Wally, the emotional support alligator, was out there. That's a thing in Pennsylvania. I don't know. All you people are crazy. But Oscar has been safe. Okay, I have a question. What what satisfaction do you get out of having pets that are not snuggly and stuff? You know, uh, you're you're going to get a lot of angry emails from people that own snakes. I don't. I don't, don't care know. about those people. They know I hate snakes, so I, I don't understand a snake either. So I don't get that either. But you can send your hate mail to Jennifer at Horse Radio Network. Well, let's move on to a cuter. <laughs> Texas, there's the El Paso Zoo, and a woman was staring at the spider monkeys who were just so cute, and she loved them, and she thought, you know what? I need to go in there, and I need to feed them. They look hungry, and they need me. Um, so this woman, Luz Elizabeth Ray, they also always have three names, like serial killers. She's 26 years old. She climbs the fence and goes into the spider monkey feeding enclosure, the, the spider monkey enclosure. She treads through murky water to get out to, like, this island where the monkeys live, and she started tossing them some sort of food, something that she had. Okay, Hot so pockets. 
Uh, hot pockets, something <laughs> like that. They didn't really go tater tots. Over, apparently it's something that is not something that they eat. The zoo director has told the El Paso Times that her behavior was stupid and dangerous. These are primates. They're strong. They have canine teeth. They scratch. We don't interact with them. And if we do interact with them, there's a barrier between us. So a terrible idea. If you see a uh, spider monkey exhibit, don't feel like it's your job to go in there and snuggle them. It will not end well. She has been arrested and has not been released on bond yet. We get these stories all the time about people going into enclosures at zoos. Who thinks that's a good idea? I just don't. Alcohol involved, maybe? I hope. I have I have one more about animals and another one with a really bad idea. So let's let's move on. We're gonna head to where, Glenn? Oklahoma. No, not Oklahoma. <laughs> and we've already been to Texas, so that only leaves Florida. Florida. We're <laughs> heading to Florida. On Wednesday, Cedric Tyrez Deshron Price was arrested. That's right, in his own home. For having Son too many names. <laughs> <laughs> Cedric Tyrez Deshron Price was arrested and charged with grand larceny. What did he steal, you ask? What did he steal, I ask? There you go. He decided to liberate some animals from his college. <laughs> um, <clears throat> apparently, there's a, the Santa Fe College. Were they in the autopsy lab? Is that where? No, no? there's oh. just a teaching zoo, apparently, oh, okay. in Gainesville, Florida. There is, actually, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is a, is that place where he decided that ele- that 11 animals that were at the, at the teaching college should be his. And again, with the snuggly animals, what does he steal? He steals three Florida box turtles, two <laughs> red-footed tortoises, a skink, and then a squirrel monkey, another one of the primates that will bite you with its ginormous fangs. What are you going to do with the turtles? I mean, really. Are you, were they talking to him? Like, <laughs> why was he like, you know what, man, I've always wanted Did he that. have a plan? Was he going to sell them on the, on the uh, black market, I... black turtle market? Apparently, there's two gopher tortoises and two box turtles still missing. Um, but, you know. Well, they couldn't I have gotten far. It's a big market for a gopher tortoise. I know. I mean, <laughs> we, we have them everywhere here. <laughs> yeah. By the and way, you don't want your horse to step in one of those holes. They're enormous. No, they're yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving to our final story. All right, Chad is behind me, and uh, I've got to do this one. And Abby's here, too, because this is a 19-year-old man that you do not date this guy. <laughs> um, so this this guy, 19 years old, he is drunk, and he's walking around, and he's in he's in Montana. Oh, no, no, no. The, the, they're in Milwaukee. Okay? Oh, Wisconsin. We have a in, lot in of Wis- listeners in Wisconsin. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You guys are going to be really proud because the youth of Finally, America a different are state making than Florida. Really, <laughs> really good decisions. So this guy is super drunk and fine. He's just got to go somewhere. And he found a house and there was a back door unlocked and he walked into the house and went upstairs and went to sleep. To bed. Like you do. Like you do. When you're drunk. Yeah. But it's it's not his house. Yeah. Okay? It's not his house. It's an Airbnb. <laughs> and who is staying in the Airbnb? Oh, I got to tell you, it's a group of police officers on vacation. It is a group of police officers. No! Emergency vehicle training. 
And they said they went downstairs, <laughs> found the back door open. They realized there's an intruder. Oh my they god! They went upstairs, found a 19 year old man asleep in a bed. <laughs> the quote is quote Matt finds this dude laying in a bed in our house. This idiot guy found the one Airbnb in all of downtown Milwaukee, <laughs> Wisconsin, loaded with cops. He woke up. And handcuffs. They said on their TikTok videos. Yes, he didn't even know where he'd come from. He was that <laughs> drunk. So he is uh, currently in jail. The quote goes on: "What if that dude stumbled into bed with my kid or my wife? I mean, it could have been a different morning, right? So wrong place, wrong time. But lucky place, lucky time. There, that dudes actually know how to handle that because if it was like you know some other dudes, they might be shot." So at least they knew how to handle it. He said he made a mistake. It's okay. We can smile about it at the end of the day. He can't because he's currently in jail and nobody has bailed him out. (laughs) Man, you are one pathetic loser. (laughs) Oh, no. Actually, he wasn't cited or charged. Apparently, he just went into the wrong house. (laughs) So wrong being the keyword there. Maybe the take a look at your house. life after that happens. Uh, you know, take a look at how much you're drinking, at least. There used to be a website called don'tdatethatguy.com. I don't know if it's That sounds like a 90s yet. site, doesn't it? Uh, it was early 2000s because one of the DJs I worked with was on it. And uh, But yeah, don'tdatethatguy.com. <laughs> and you could search and you're like immediate zip code. I don't know if it's still up or not. And uh, this seems like one of those guys that should be put, submitted to don'tdatethatguy.com. <laughs> well, I got somebody you should date, and I'm going to just throw this one out there just to <laughs> go against all of yours, because we can end on a happy note. There's this guy in uh, w- Wakefield, Rhode Island. He's a sophomore in high school, and he, he has a hobby. He collects junk, basically. He co- goes to yard sales, and he collects bottles and coins and things. And he discovered that you can buy storage units, so he thought, I'll go buy a storage unit. And he bought one uh, during the pandemic for $100. And he realized, he felt bad because he realized this is somebody's stuff that they just couldn't pay the bill on. So I ended up buying it. And he went on a quest to find the owner. We couldn't find the owner, but he ended up finding the, the owner's mother and tracked her down. And he gave all the stuff back to the guy. So he didn't charge him, didn't have him pay for it. He said, they asked me to pay for it, and I don't want money for it. And he went on to do it two more times last year. He bought storage units just so he could return them to the people. And how old is this guy? He's a sophomore in high school. No. Yes. He's, he, that guy has good parents. Yeah, so uh, the I think the third one he did, he arranged a time to meet the woman to pick up her stuff. And uh, she said, I, I'm just full of gratitude. I, I'm really happy. I didn't have the funds to pay for the storage unit. And this is the only memories I have left of my kid were in that storage unit. Aww. And he returned everything to her and, and he doesn't charge the people. Isn't that a what's, good... that, what's that web? What's that TV show where the guy's been? Yes. And, oh, storage, storage wars. wars. Yes. <laughs> Those guys should be ashamed of themselves. Anyway, profiting off of other people's uh, ba- bad, bad, uh, Bill paying habits. And this guy, look at him, doing nice things in Rhode There's, Island. You know, they oh, fell on hard times. That's they right. lost that. And that's really what happens with a lot of them, you know? And I do feel bad. every. I couldn't watch that show because of that. I felt too bad. It's like, this is, this is people's stuff. So he's doing good up there in Rhode Island. And that's a happy story to end your day. Hold on, auditors. We'll talk to you after the show. We'll be back on Friday. Lisa and I will be here doing the show because Jamie will be in North Dakota. Come and on, baby. I got to go pack. We got to make this quick. You And you got to uh, you got to make sure you go out and see her if you're up that way. She definitely wants oh, to visit wait. with you. And 
That's it for today. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. You can find all the past episodes of Horses in the Morning at HorsesInTheMorning.com. You can see our roadshow schedule for Jennifer and I for next week. Just go to HorseRadioNetwork.com and click on the roadshow banner at the top of the page. We would like to see you somewhere on the East Coast next week. Okay, auditors, you made it to the post show. Remember, this can get a little, well, shitty. So it's not safe for work or the kiddos. Y'all have fun now. So was that story you told really true about the guy, the, the yeah, breaking guy? Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I can make that up? I just, oh, we're in the yeah. post show, so I can ask you this. I'm picturing him with two teeth and uh, kind of gruffy looking. He was very scruffy, and he had a very long beard, like ZZ Top. Think like, ZZ Top. ZZ Top, okay. But and he just couldn't get it, could he? My child's age. Yeah, it was, um, it was amazing. And I can't I, believe I you didn't no smack idea. him. <laughs> I, just, I have no idea that he went up to Chad later and was like, oh, really? Who's the guy behind the, the girl? Because there's always a guy. <laughs> that was the best story to start today, by the way. It was well well told. <laughs> totally Only true. you run into these things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're a magnet for these kind of people. It's true, but I also, I think other people get offensive things said to them all the time. I just, I make mental notes of them because, um, I love to. Cause you have a show to talk. Show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That was funny. Uh, did you have a quick training tip you wanted to do for one of our auditors? Was there, I you have time, did, but I can't seem to find it. I, you know, there's so many ways that people communicate nowadays. Yeah, I know that's it's a problem. I have emails too. or Facebooks or texts. I or... have that problem all the time. Actually, oh, I don't here know. it is. I, I found it. Okay. okay. Let's see. This is Kayla Perry. Is Kayla Perry an auditor, Glenn? I, can I, you... I, I can find out. Okay. I don't I'll know all 500 back. of them off the top of my head. Okay, well, f- fine, whatever. Um, so Kayla says, <clears throat> I have a trailer loading question for you. I have a 10-year-old Morgan who gets very anxious trailer loading. I've been working with her a lot lately, and I can get her to walk up and on the trailer yes, for Yes, she is. Seconds. Kayla is. For okay. two years, she's been one. Perfect. Before this, she would stand on the ramp and prance, shaking the trailer, which would make her more nervous. Now she'll walk up, take a bite of food, and either back off the trailer or turn and walk off. If I try to make her stand, she gets very anxious. How do I get her to stand long enough to tie and close the divider? The trailer I have is an Exus three-horse slant load. Okay, here's the thing. Why is she turning and walking off? Okay, or why is she backing up? So, so my thing would be like you, the person who controls the feet is the person that's in charge. So, let's preempt her turning and walking off. Um, one of my favorite things to do on a trailer and is to put some really awesome feed in a in a bucket, like in the in trailer, just a just a mouthful, and uh, you take your horse up to the trailer. Now, Kayla. If your horse is nervous and backing up, you have to find that threshold of where they're not nervous, like where the one step becomes too much. And you find that one step and you step forward and then you, you with your dually halter on back them up and then you let them stand, walk them forward. When they're walking forward, the line is slack. You've got a smile in the line from your hand to their, to their, uh, the halter. 
And when they stop, stop and wait. If they stop, back them up. Give them a second to like to feel the pressure on the line pulling forward, and then they are not going to go. Then you back them up. Ten steps. Back, back, back. Walk forward. You'll get a little bit further, but they're going to stop. That's fine. Keep the pressure on, and then back them up. Back, 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 back. And then take her forward again. And if you can get her up to the ramp, take her up to the ramp. Let her take a bite of the grain that's in the bucket. Pull her head out of the bucket, and then back her up. And then take her forward again. Let her get a bite of the bucket and then bag her up and then put the bucket a little further. And so she has to put two feet in and then back her up. But uh, the thing that really gets horses anxious is that, that feeling of the hollowness on the bottom of the trailer. And it sounds like your horse's trailer is pretty darn big. So I would pull all of those, the slants off to the side and bungee cord them closed and Get her up and in and out of the trailer, walking forward, walking back, walking forward, walking back, walking for two feet on, two feet off, two feet on, two feet off. Do that a hundred times and three feet on, three feet off, four feet on, four feet off, everything a hundred times, just repetition. And then there's some grain that she gets every once in a while that's in there. And then all of a sudden it's not a big deal. But if you wait until they turn and run off, you have waited too long. You've got to be Remember the picnic. I said earlier on the show, positive instant consequences, negative instant consequences. If that horse decides to turn around and walk off on its own, you are in charge. You back it up, walk it forward, back it up, walk on and off and on and off and on and off until all of a sudden there's not it's not that big a deal to go on and off because they've done it 150 times and do it all the time. Then you say, how do I get her to stand long enough to tie and close the divider? Don't for the first hundred times, bungee them to the side, walk her on, walk her off. And when I say walk her on, if you've got all the excesses of the, the slants to the side, walk her on, turn around, walk her off, walk her on, turn around, walk her off, walk her in, turn around, walk her off, walk her in, turn around, walk her. I know I'm getting annoying, but I'm the, the whole point is to communicate to you how many repetitions you need. And then walk her in, have a thing of uh, hay net full of alfalfa. Because the thing is, you don't want to make the horse do something. You want to cause the horse to want to do it. It was like, oh my God, every time I walk in here, there's food. I don't have to back up and there's alfalfa now. You know what? I'm just, I'm cool. I'm going to stay in there. So when you do walk them in a hundred of those times, stand in there with her, let her eat, understand there, rubber, make it a pleasant place to be. Walk her in, let her stand there. I mean, I'll stand in a trailer with a horse for five full minutes, just like, okay. Whatever. If you act like you have all day, it'll take you 15 minutes. If you act like you have 15 minutes, it's going to take you all day. So just repetition. But you are the one. If she's starting to get anxious, you haven't done enough repetitions. Back her off. Walk her in. Let her find a bite of green on the floor. Back her off. Or walk her in, turn around, back her off, and then walk her out. Um, just repetition, repetition, repetition. Every time she's in the trailer, it's pleasant. And when she's out of the trailer and she's not doing what you say, she's backing up. And it's very important to have a dually halter because that will save your shoulder from pushing her backwards because the dually halter is great. It comes with a DVD. It shows you how to fit it and how to use it. Watch the DVD. Nobody watches DVDs anymore, Glenn. And it's frustrating when people message me about how to fit the dually halter. And I'm like, did you watch the fucking DVD? And they're like, I haven't watched the DVD. I'm like, watch a goddamn DVD. Like it doesn't have that. By the way, this is the way Jennifer did. Nigel was a terrible loader, and, and you can't rush this process. Uh, what Jamie said is, this isn't going to happen in five minutes. This is, 
this is a training process, and it didn't happen in five minutes with Nigel. It was walk him on, walk back him off, walk him on, back him off, back, and it must have been a hundred times. It was probably a hundred yeah. times. Yeah, and yeah. and and to me, like as the as the chick who wants my horse to love me, I. I added Monty doesn't do grain in the trailer. He's like, whatever. Um, but to me, I'm like, if it, that will make them stand still long enough for me to unclip the lead rope and go close the back door, then great. That's fine. But I would say the first time horses actually don't like standing front, standing forward. They actually want to stand backwards and sideways. If you let a horse loose in a trailer and you drive on down the road, they will turn around face backwards and sideways. So figure out a way to make it comfortable for your horse. And again, the first time that you take that horse and drive it, I, when, when baby Groot was with me and he was so psychotic about the trailer, I would pull forward 25 feet down the driveway and then back up 25 feet and unload them. <laughs> I mean, it, it just takes a long time. It just takes a lot of practice. When I do my trailer loading, that is my day. Like the day is if I have four horses in training, six horses, whatever, that is my day. It's a, oh, oh it's trailer day. Yay! And every horse. And that's a continuous thing too. Even to this day, Nigel, if he decides how, oh, you know, occasionally they get their attitude and that's it, back them off. And she just, you have to, you have to. You have to stick with that system the whole time. So, And when you walk your horse up to the trailer and they turn their butt sideways, what do you do? Back them up. Everything. Yep. Backing up is such a natural, awesome consequence because it doesn't hurt. But you never see horses out in the pasture backing up for fun. You know, like it's a thing. It's a thing. Uh, they they never do it. So that's how you teach horses to stand still. It's how you teach horses to load. It's, it's uh, if in doubt. Back him up. And I, for liability reasons, I have to say, do not tie him in the trailer then with the dually halter. Uh, that's not meant for no, trailer. The training rings, yeah. the, I do not even keep the horses in the trailer with the dually. I use it for training purposes. And once they're going in and out, I then put the other yeah. halters on them. Because it's just, it, it has it no breakaway. Yeah, it has no breakaway yeah. feature on it. All right, great. Well, thank you. You have to go. You have to go to North Dakota. Do you? Bring your I'm coat. Head, no, Glenn. Oh, my God. I was dying to tell you this. Do you know what the freaking temperature is going to be? No. Highs of 99. N what? It is a, 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 according to Chantel, let me read you her message before I die. Uh, I've got 19 different ways people can communicate with me. Let me switch to this page. You know what? She just said it's a Mediterranean climate. And like sometimes it get, it, she's like, it's hot as hell in the summer and cold as shit. Oh in the my winter. God. And On it, Friday, it's going to be 101. Ah, that's even higher than the one today. <laughs> I'm looking on my app. 101 on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in the night. Oh my God! Good luck. She said I'll be in 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 an indoor arena, and it's a nice and cool arena because I said, "Is there air conditioning in this place? <laughs> what the hell?" And she said, "Yes, but it's still going to be relatively." You're going to be hotter down. than Florida, <laughs> dude. It is fr freaking cold here. The high today is like 62. So, <laughs> like, what is happening? We're going to North Dakota. I was expecting snow. It's going to be 101 freaking. Okay, our high on Friday is going to be. 88. What? <laughs> Good luck up there where it's hot. <laughs> Bye, everybody. We'll see y'all. Congratulations. You made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now, go ride your horse.